You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are right now in the fifth installment of our series. Our goal in this message is to have a greater perspective of Christ's supremacy. How many of you here are fully convinced that Christ is supreme more than anything else and is in control of our lives? And we know that if Christ is in control, there is nothing to worry. Amen? And thus, the salvation that He provides is totally complete. We don't have to add to uh, what He did on the cross. And thus, when Paul was writing a letter to the church in Colossae or Colossae, he was simply reminding them that there is a possibility for them to deviate from uh, the, the gospel. That uh, a lot of them are really just so caught up with how um, they can really uh, link or probably reconnect or uh, reconcile their understanding of the gospel and their traditions. And thus Paul was writing a letter that our priority is for us to uh, put uh, really premium in the gospel more than just the traditions. And we are uh, really um, familiar with this, that when we came to know the Lord, we have a lot of traditions that we adhere to that we know that's not really biblical. And thus... Uh, I am really excited to unravel what the Lord has uh, really prepared for us because indeed as we understand the gospel, we will live a Christ-centered life that is solely focused on God more than just our traditions and what we uh, want to accomplish. And thus roughly about five weeks ago, we did talk about prayer and it was uh, really uh, an amazing uh, really message of uh, Paul to the church in Colossae that he was simply saying that they need to develop their knowledge of who God is through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. And the more that you delight in this uh, understanding, the more that you will be intrigued in who Christ is, and thus you just can't help that the more you know God, the more you trust God. Amen. That is the journey of each believer. And about uh, four weeks ago, we did uh, talk about from the book of uh, Colossians chapter 117, that God is preeminent, that He is supreme more than anything else. About three weeks ago, we talked about God's what? Um, plentitude. Okay, I don't want to, uh, I, I know some of you here are not familiar. Uh, I just have to use that word because I want everything to start with uh, letter P. Okay, uh, means the abundance of God and His fullness. And in chapter 2, verse 9 of the same book, that the fullness of God, okay, lives in a bodily form and that fullness was. Uh, really, uh, provided that we uh, should not desire for anything because Christ is uh, really our satisfaction. About a week ago, in chapter 3, verse 1 of the book of Colossians, same book that we've been studying for the past few weeks, we did talk about our position in Christ. Since then, that you've been raised with Christ, and we were resurrected with Christ, we just can't help but live the life that Christ has for us. And for people, that has a clear understanding that we were taken from the dominion of darkness... Now we can live life differently. How many of you here are thankful that the Lord, though you're surprised most of the time, the Lord has changed your heart. The Lord has changed your life. That left to our own devices, we don't have what it takes. I've tried my best trying to change and alter the course of my life and alter my behaviors. But after three days of trying my best to change my heart and change my ways, I'm back to the same old me. Why? Because there is nothing in this world that can change your heart other than your encounter with the gospel. When you are forever grateful of what the Lord has done, you can't help but serve God. When you do understand that He died for you, He came into this world, okay? And sacrificed Himself, you can't help but offer your life. This is why Paul was simply saying, as part of our probably reminder about a week ago in Colossians chapter 3, if then, since or because you've been raised with Christ, 
you seek the things above. There is no other default reaction that when you are raised with Christ, you are fully alive in Christ. Therefore, you think beyond your lifetime. How many of you here are thankful for that? That you're not just investing in today's life, but after we're done here, after we die, and I'm not, okay, I'm not saying that you die tonight. If you will die tonight, I'm telling you right now, if you have a relationship with God, it gives you a sense of security. Because you know you are going somewhere. Because after all, every, everybody lives forever somewhere. And it's up to you tonight. And if you want to hand your life over to God, the Word of God says that Christ died for our sins. And thus, when we die, we're going to heaven. And if you are a follower of Christ, you've been raised with Christ, you think beyond your lifetime. You think above. You think with, with eternal perspective. And Paul was simply saying, if this is the kind of perspective that you have, Paul was simply saying that, that indeed, as you have been raised with Christ, resurrected with Him, hidden in Him, that you are born from above. That's the reason why there is such thing as, uh, or this famous lingo, that you are born again, because you're born from above. You are from heaven. You are a citizen of heaven, and you are an alien of this planet. Look at the person on your right. Tell the person, you alien. You're not from this world. So in this message of Paul in Colossae or Colossae, he was simply saying that now because you do understand your possession in Christ, he is uh, shifting gears. He is simply saying that this is how you need to translate it in your practical living. Okay, And thus, when Christ works in, okay, we work out, there is a manifestation of the life that we have in Christ. And I realize in, in Colossians chapter uh, 2, verse 20, it says right here, we are with him in his death. And we are, or we have been resurrected with Him. But while we are in this body, we will struggle with a lot of things because we are in this depraved body. While we're alive, there are a lot of struggles that we go through. But from the perspective of God, from the vantage point of God, we have been made righteous through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you understand? And because of that righteousness, and you realize God without uh, paying for anything without struggling, without cutting corners, without really uh, doing something to make myself righteous. Christ made me righteous. And when you realize that you are the righteousness of God, you can't help but walk in righteousness. Do you understand this? The death of Christ made us righteous. And some of us are, are understanding righteousness. I need to do what is right and proper so that God can and will approve me. Therefore, and then I can be righteous. No. You don't have, in, in fact, based on your own devices, you don't have what it takes to be righteous. But because of what Christ did on the cross, you can say, God, though there are days I, I would look at myself in the mirror, I don't find myself righteous. I see myself demonic. <laughs> but because you said so, and from your own vantage point, from your perspective, I am your, your righteousness, therefore I am righteous. So if you're struggling right now, accepting the truth that indeed you are righteous because of what you go through, what you struggle with, that's a proof that you are part of this planet. Amen. But from the perspective of God, He sees you as the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 to 17. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of this, the wrath of God is coming. Verse 7, In this you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to 
one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and circumcised, or Barian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. Verse 12, put on then as God chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all this, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, with thankfulness with your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Can we just take this time right now to bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity. Indeed, you are present in our midst. And today, God, we ask that each and every person in this room will live the life that you have for them. I pray that they will exude the life of Christ. Lord, I pray that they will experience how good you are, how faithful you are, how amazing you are. And because of that, we can help, Lord God. But live the life that you have called us to live. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Paul is uh, simply saying that if you've been raised with Christ, you put old ways and you live life differently. And a lot of us here, we struggle with that idea. How can I maintain a perfect life? Let me just clarify something. You'll never be perfect. But it's amazing to do things that pleases God. And the reason why you don't find satisfaction with the things that you do, though uh, you're out there living the life and you have all the money and you migrate from different hobbies and you don't feel the satisfaction because you're not called to fulfill these things. These are temporary. What causes satisfaction is that you're doing what God has called you to do. You're doing what pleases God. And I was reminded of a story of my son when I was applying the rod of discipline. I don't know if you're familiar that it's biblical to apply the rod of discipline without embarrassing your kids. I would isolate my kids and ask them okay, to lay flat on the bed and I would apply a rod of discipline. And I, I realized though the moment was very intense when I was applying the rod of discipline to my son. And after I, I did so, I, I made a remark and I said, why do you keep on repeating the same old mistakes? And I do understand that the reason behind, but I was so surprised when my son, with tears in his eyes, looked at me. You know what my son said? Dad, I am nothing but a sinner. I have to walk away because I'm about to laugh and, and laugh and probably celebrate because he has a bit of a, 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 an understanding of, of what the gospel is. But from the eyes of God and from my eyes, he is the righteousness of God. My son is righteous because of what Jesus did on the cross. And we're like my son once in a while. That we see ourselves as limited and full of sins with a dark past. And we always would 
take that upon ourselves. And once in a while, the enemy would remind us of what we did in the past, and we just can't help but run away and isolate ourselves from God. And this is why Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 to 17 tells us how do you remove your what? Your, your focus, okay? Upon what you've done in the past and, and how you struggle with the things that you struggle with. And trust and believe that you've been made alive in Christ. You are God's righteousness. He paid for the penalty of our sins and everything is in His hands so that we can live for Him. This is why it is important that we have that understanding that indeed, just like my son, we have that fallen nature. That there is a tendency for us to drift towards our fallen nature. That we can't help but compromise. We have promised ourselves not to do the things that we hate to do. Remember what Paul said? That I hate to do the things that I do. Do be do be do be do be do. No, 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 that's not what he said. He hates the things that he, he, he has been doing. Though he struggles with doing what is proper, what is right. Because a lot of us here, we, are, uh, we want to do what is right. But the tendency is that we have this checklist of how to be good. That's not how you do things. I don't know if you can remember our series on 10. That the product of, of, of really our understanding of the gospel and how much God loves us is what doing the things that pleases God. It's not something that you master, you develop, because the tendency is that we become legalistic. We do it according to our strength. Remember what I taught about two weeks ago? That we don't do things uh, and we don't walk in what is proper and what is pleasing before God based on our strength. You cannot do it. How many of you here okay, can relate with me? That you have tried doing your best to be good, to be righteous, to do what's proper and right. But you fail because you're doing it according to your strength. You do it according to the strength of God. Remember, you die with Christ and you have been resurrected with Him. You're alive in Christ, therefore you do what alive people do. Amen. Amen. Being alive is not doing what you want. And being free is not doing what you think <laughs> is proper and right. Being alive and being free is doing what pleases God. And the more that you please God, you'll be surprised that there is this inner satisfaction from deep within your spirit that affirms that God, I will do things that pleases and pleases you alone. In fact, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 says that we've been, we are people that are far off, but we've been brought near by the blood of Christ. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That we're dead, we're far off from God. God went down, took us in, brought us okay, into His kingdom. This is why with His nature, I hope, that though once in a while we fall or we fall, we make mistakes. Ladies and gentlemen, whether you like it or not, your right standing has nothing to do with your righteousness. But a sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And a lot of people would reason with you, Pastor. So therefore, you're telling me I don't have to do what is proper and pleasing to God because I'm already righteous. I can do whatever I want. No, I'm not, I'm not telling that you, you, you abuse this. What I'm trying to say is that if you, you do understand that you are product of Christ's sacrifice, you can help God. I want to serve you. I want to live for you. I want to worship you. That is what I've been telling people. If... if if you tell me, if you tell me right now that pastor, you know what? I, I, I want to buy you a cup of coffee. 
I don't know if you, you, you remember this illustration. I will thank you and probably hug you because, I mean, that's, that's my, my, my favorite. But if you buy me not just coffee, but the whole of Starbucks, I will bow down and worship you. Why do I worship God? Because of my understanding of what He did to me. The reason why I'm bending my knees, thanking you for what you've done, because you did not only buy me a cup of coffee, you bought me the entire Starbucks. But some of you here, you can't respond in that manner because your understanding of God is too shallow. And the more that you collide with the gospel every single day, you can't help that everything that you do, the things that are proper, the things that are pleasing, the things that are excellent, the things that are honoring to God is... Just an expression of your understanding. Man, I've been made alive in Christ Jesus. He died for my sins and He made me His righteousness. This is why Paul was simply saying, this is a byproduct that you can put to death, therefore what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of this, the wrath of God is coming. The reason why you can do what is pure, holy, and blameless before God because of your understanding of what, of what Christ did for you and me. You can put to death. You can't do this through concentration. Um, um, you, you cannot do that. You cannot concentrate and say, God, I, I want to I be righteous. I want to be a good boy. Good boy, huh? Good boy, huh? You, can, you cannot. You'll manifest time and all. Time and time and again, because you don't have the capacity to do what is good and proper. You're evil. I'm telling you right now. If you're telling me, Pastor, I'm not evil. What if God will place a what a flat screen TV on top of our heads and everything that we're thinking will show up in that flat screen TV? You know what I'm talking about. Because we're not really we're not good. Our fallen nature would always remind us who we are not. But in Christ, we have been made righteous. This is why it is important that you do recognize that while we are alive and we struggle, it's a constant fight that we are the righteousness of God, but we have to wage war with who we really are. If you know that you are the righteousness of God and your identity in Christ, you can put this one okay, down. Another translation would say from the Greek word mortify that you have to kill and kill and kill over again while you're alive. Your motivation is your life in Christ. The reason why you can say no to ungodliness because I am alive in Christ. Dead people don't do this. Yeah, Remember my illustration? Dead people will always say yes. Temptation, yes. Smoking, yes. Drinking, yes. Have you asked a dead person? And I'm highly convinced, 101%, he will say yes. Why? Silence means yes. <laughs> that we have to mortify our flesh over and over again. And some of you here, you, 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 you know it's wrong and you feel bad. No. If you're here right now, and you're sim- simply saying, I can't do what is right because the last time I, I, I did something wrong, I feel bad. No. In fact, more than just feeling bad, I have offended God. The man who offered himself for you and me. I have offended him. This is why while you are alive, you put death or you put sin to death. But some of us, we put it to sleep. Some of us, we're not willing to wage war. 
remember, if you don't wage war, sin will control you. In the same chapter, verse 7 and 8, In this you too once walked when you were living in them, but now, this is your life before. How many of you here can still remember? And you cringe when in a while when you remember your life before. This is my life. And every time I'm reminded, I've been a Christian for about 23 years. I've been a pastor for about, I don't know, I lost a lot of hairs. I can't keep track. What I'm trying to say is that, I don't know how many years I've been in the ministry. But I'm telling you right now, the more that you serve God, the more that you follow Jesus, the more that you go through the process of sanctification, the more that you realize that you don't have what it takes to master sin. It will always knock at your door and tell you, I'm offering something here. But remember, sin will always offer something pleasurable momentarily. But in exchange, a lifetime of regret. Sin will offer something momentary. But in exchange, a lifetime of regret. And this you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. And some of us here, our understanding is that, God, let me not just break your rules again. I don't know where you're coming from. When you put this off away, at times, a lot of us here, we're just conscious, Lord, as long as I'm not doing this, I'm okay. In fact, you can, you can put all of this away, but if you don't understand what Christ did for you, you're not growing in a running, thriving relationship with God, you're missing the point. Because rules are not just there to frustrate you that you did not follow such thing. I hope that we're more conscious that we're not just breaking God's laws, but we're breaking God's heart. Amen. I can be faithful to my wife. I don't have another woman. I can't even contain one. My point is, <laughs> I, I, can, I can tell her I'm not, I'm not flirting with anyone. But if we're not growing in relationship, there's something wrong. I can do everything that she likes. But if our relationship is not progressing, there is something wrong. Because eventually, if we're not growing in relationship, I will give in to all temptations down the road. Because there is nothing in this relationship. I'm not enjoying this. And I'm telling you right now, the enemy will come up okay, with an offer better than before. Yeah, he started the window shopping program. There's more. Wait, there's more. And I want to advise and remind all of you, this is not just about trying to monitor what's wrong and what's right. This is about your relationship with God. And the reason why you can say no to sin, because you're fascinated. He died for me. You offered himself to me. He loves me. Even though I'm evil, he's good to me. And his generosity is according to my riches and glory. Amen. His generosity is not according to my riches. It is according to His riches and glory. So even if I'm bad, and I know He will discipline me, God will never withhold breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Because He's good. Even though there are times I'm bad. Do you understand this? God will provide, but God will discipline you. But the beauty of this, God isn't changing. Whatever he has started, he will complete it. Remember the story? Amen? Yes. Amen. Yes. Remember the story of the prodigal son? The younger son, the older brother, younger son said, Father, let me run away and take everything, half of the property that you have. 
and he missed God and he missed his father, right? There's a story of a believer who ran away. He missed that relationship with his father. Okay? Same thing with the older brother. He stayed with the father. But you know, his remark was, all these years I've been serving you, but you've been enslaving me. He missed still. He did not run away, but miss a relationship with his father. He looks at himself as a slave. No matter how God would tell us who we are as his righteousness, that we are a product of our life and what he did in the cross, that he resurrected from the grave, and we are who we are today because of the resurrected Christ. No matter if God will tell you, you are my righteousness, if you don't see things from the perspective of God, you will live like a slave. Ladies and gentlemen, that is my prayer for today. That you see from God's perspective, not from the perspective of your ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, of what, of, of what media is telling you or what the world is telling you, that, that indeed this is who you are. No. You see it from the perspective of God. This is why we can put off our old nature because our motivation is that we've been made alive in Christ and His grace in our lives is, is, is at work. When you have the life of the resurrected Christ, you will be surprised that though you struggle with sin once in a while, you have what it takes to say no to sin. Because the Word of God says to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. You can put it off and you can put off your old self. Why? Because now you can say no. You can wage war. You can fight back. How many of you here, honestly, I want to ask you, please, I'm begging you, raise your hand. How many of you here, you, you, love, you love to be bullied? Anybody here, yung palagi kang binubuli? You're, it's your hobby, Lord. Somebody pray that, that somebody will bully. I mean, it's your hobby. You, you're praying, interceding, even fasting. Lord, can you raise somebody to bully me? Nobody. That is what sin has been doing. Not just with you, with your family. But the, the people that came after you. And I'm not blaming people. The reason why we suffer today because of people who did not please God that came before us. Now ask yourself this question. Why are you in this room listening to this message? Because starting today, God is simply telling you, you have right now, tonight, the grace and the power to wage war and fight against sin. So don't, don't befriend, don't pet sin. It's not hurting me. If it's still available, you see lighters with half-naked women, it's art. Come on now. It, it will start with a half-naked woman and eventually I will buy a poster of, a, of, an, uh, a, poster of a certain company that sells alcohol. You're familiar with that? From... 1995 probably. I mean, it's because at the end of the day, that desire to sin will grow. If you don't kill sin, wage war. Always be killing sin. That's my reminder. Or sin will be killing you. You can't fight passively. Why? You're alive. You have what it takes to fight back. How many of you here have friends? You mga martyr? Sige lang. Baka mali ako. Nakita ko siya, eh, tatlo yung kasama, pero hindi siya yon. You're trying to deny. 
eventually you'll be sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. Now that's my prayer that you'll be sick and tired of going through the same routine. God, I want to break free from this. I want to live in freedom. I just can't allow sin to bully me around. My advice to all of us here, don't stop until sin is dead. You have to strike sin over and over again. If you don't feel like forgiving someone because you are reminded of what he did in the past, just forgive. Lord, I forgive this person. Just close your eyes and say, I forgive, I release him. You don't feel it. But you know what? Because of that confession, you will be accustomed to it because whether you like it or not, you are alive in Christ. You do what pleases God. You do the right thing. You do what is proper. You do what pleases God. You do what brings glory to God. Amen. And some of us here, we struggle with pornography. Anybody here who struggles with... Don't reach your hand, okay? <laughs> and somebody... <laughs> if you struggle, the reason why you struggle, because you keep on feeding that struggle of yours. My question with you right now, if you're a little kid just like this boy, I have a friend who's a sumo wrestler. I took a picture of him. How did he defeat a sumo wrestler? Without touching him. One way to defeat, though it will take time, is not to feed him. Starve him to death. Yeah. How, how many of you here, okay? When, when you know that if you starve this sumo wrestler to death, you will lose weight. Get smaller. And eventually you have the upper hand to defeat the summer wrestler. Some of us, we don't starve our struggles. You starve it. When you look at and you stare at a woman for about two seconds, you're alive in Christ. You can divert your focus. I don't know what's running in your thoughts, but your goal is to starve your thoughts. If you're surfing the internet via, I don't know, Google or I don't know. And, and you are tempted because usually there is this advertisement that tells you, okay, it's free. I'm half naked. You're alive in Christ. And this is why though you struggle before, you don't feed it because your goal is to starve your struggles and your addiction. And the more you starve it, the more that you lessen the pull of the enemy and you strengthen the pull of God upon your life. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. Do it tonight. <laughs> this is just a reminder of how the book of Matthew is telling this is serious. If you need to cut it off, cut it off. If your wife is causing you to sin, no, don't, 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 don't cut it off, okay? Pray for it. For it is better that you lose one of your members then that your whole body be thrown into hell. Some of us here, we are not willing to wage war. We're willing to declare truths. And I know eventually I'll wake up one morning with, with a life that's totally dedicated to God. No, you wage war. I know that there is a tendency for us to do it according to our strength and our willpower. Don't be, don't be concerned of that. The more that you grow in your relationship with God, the more that you mature in your relationship, the more that you bask in His Word, the more that you have the strength to say, no, no, I'm not doing this. Because it is the Word of God that's activated. We will talk about it. But some of us here, we, we, we have miscalculated sin that we want to play around. Let me carry sin. I'm hoping someday I'll be delivered from this. No. 
if you know that you're alive in Christ, that you resurrected from the grave with the Lord Jesus Christ, that you have the power to say no and say, I'm walking away. I choose freedom more than slavery. I'm walking away from this situation. I'm choosing freedom more than slavery. And this is what I did. I was tempted. I was in college. There's this beautiful woman who used to be my crush when I was in first year high school, roughly about two years ago. I don't know. I don't know. 18 years ago, probably. I mean, first day of school, I just can't concentrate. She's beautiful. How many of you here you have seen beautiful women? Come on, raise your hand. And you are that person, raise your hand. If, if you're married, you're a guy, look at the, your wife. I mean, pretend that she is. No, no. Um, yes, she is. Amen. And after four years, man, I, I, was, I was really tempted. She's drunk and I'm not. You know, you know the, because I'm a Christian. I want to be honest with you. I was tempted to give in. I mean, beautiful. I mean, if not, I can walk away. Do you understand my point? <laughs> if she's 107, okay, I, don't, I, I can easily walk away. I mean, 107, come on now. But, I mean, but, but, but that's, that's not the case. Because I know that though this is momentary, it will destroy me. One decision and one temptation will, will create a domino effect of a lifetime of regret. But when you make a decision with the grace of God, with the strength of God, that you are, are alive in Christ, one decision can create a domino effect of righteousness and peace and joy. Because at the end of the day, we're confronted by all of this. Therefore, it is important to be reminded that we can throw this one away because at the end of the day, we have what it takes to say no to ungodliness. It's written right here. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles us. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. The word there is just like, okay, it is not like, it is an athletic, okay, uh, uh, admonition that we need to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. That we're not just walking away, but every single day, sin would want to encroach and attach themselves. And the reason why a lot of us here, we struggle to go to church, we struggle reading our Bible, because there are a lot of things that hinders us from moving forward. I don't know if you're uh, familiar with the recent concluded Olympics. Are you familiar? Rio? Anybody? So you're not familiar. Okay. London Olympics. Anybody here? Barcelona. Okay. familiar. The recent Olympics. I don't know if you're familiar with Usain Bolt. Okay. I mean, Olympic gold medalist. I mean, I just can't help but, but suffer with this person from, from, from Canada. I mean, it's, it's a 100-meter dash, I think, and you're laughing, you're smiling. Look at this picture. <laughs> Trying to ridicule the guy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not just any Barangay Olympics, the Olympics. Why? Because he knows he's fast. And one of the things that really caught my attention is that you need to understand that more than just being fast, you need to dress yourself lightly. You don't see anybody here in, in a scuba diving suit. Nobody. 
Because no matter how fast you run, if you're carrying a lot of load, and that is what sin does to us. In fact, I can beat this guy. Okay? If, if he's carrying roughly, probably, okay, a thousand kilos of rice, I, I can beat you. And no matter how fast you are, even you're fast and, and, and you're excited for go, to, to go to church, but if there are sins that you're not willing to wage war, it will delay you. It will hamper your growth. It will hamper you from fulfilling what God is calling you to do. Some of you here, you can't even give up and say, God, I'm done with this. I'm waging war. I'm killing sin. And because you're so caught up with sin, there are a lot of opportunities that the Lord has presented right before your eyes. You've been praying for this. But you miss it. Because of what's dragging you. I hope all of us here, when the day comes that we can walk away from sin, we can wage war and kill sin over and over again and say no to sin and say no to ungodliness because you're choosing what God has prepared for you. I hope someday you can do this. Right? Because you choose life and you're full of life. You're alive in Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This was the admonition. This was the, the exhortation of my avatar. I mean, uh, of Dom. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me, who loved me and gave Himself for me. And the more that you ponder, the more that you contemplate. In fact, the word contemplate is not something that, that you meditate and think on because it is always associated to a monk when you contemplate. Let's contemplate. No. In fact, contemplate is an action word to do. Some of us here, we have a different understanding of the word contemplate when we hear the word salvage. It's not to kill, but to save, right? Same thing with that word. When you contemplate and you ponder, you're acting towards it. There's a reason why when you meditate the word of God, you can help it, you move, you do what is proper, what is right. I'm not saying that you're possessed, but you do things. Because you're motivated by God's Word. When you meditate, it becomes who you are. It's part of your life. This is why when you do understand that when we try our best to walk in freedom, and when you try your best, once in a while you fumble, you fall, right? To do what is right. Growing as a believer, I promise myself to never curse. Napapamura ako. And I, I, I feel like, God, you're... you're you're, you're frustrated with me. Remember, God is not like us. When our children fail, we don't get frustrated or we get frustrated. We get frustrated, right? Because we're, we want them to be someone. We want them to grow up. But God is not like that. Parents, I don't know if you can still remember when you're teaching your kids to walk. Can you still remember? And after three, four steps, they fall. What do you do? <laughs> you evil spirit. No, no, you don't do that. You what? You, you take a picture and you pose it in? Instagram. Why? Three steps. It's not worth, but, but because you see the progress. Why? Why do you do steps? Why? You take a picture because you see the progress. Ladies and gentlemen, God is like that. God has an iPhone. Okay? And we take a picture that when we try 
He's not depressed. He's not frustrated. Napaka-demonyong anak to. Sumabit. No, he will never do that. He looks at us like, really, the way we look at our children. That when they're willing to walk and they fumble and fall, he will rejoice. Because he knows that you're operating more than just doing what is right. You're operating in that life that he has for you. I'm alive. And when you fall, you get up. Move forward because you are alive in Christ. Amen. This is why I can say, I will not lie. And the admonition of, of Paul, do not lie to one another. And the reason why you, you don't lie and you can't lie, you're alive in Christ. Seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of his creator. Now, as you have put it off, your nature, your past life, your struggles, that you have waged war with sin, and time and time and again you have starved sin, now you can put on your new life in Christ. So you're not just putting off what you struggle with in the past. You're putting on and you put on who you are in Christ. It's written right here, same chapter. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Because you know you have relinquished your old self. Remember this. You cannot put on something if you're not, and you don't understand the reason why you're putting it off. Nobody in his right mind would wear clothes on top of another apparel. I mean, if it's kind of cold, I mean, you'll do that. But you have to remove first your dress and put on another dress. But it takes faith and the grace of God to say, I'm turning away. I am alive in Christ and I have a new life in Him. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. All of this will not be easy because it will take time to adjust to the light. You've been living in the dark. But one thing for sure, it is exciting to be in the light. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. You don't have to reason. Because you're alive in Christ, you can forgive. Only dead people cannot forgive. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all this, put on love. You still put on, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. That after putting off and putting on, the goal is that you marinate your being in the word of Christ richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs this is why more than just listening to my messages that we come to God in worship because there is something that happens when we worship God and we expose ourselves to the word of God with thankfulness in your hearts to God 
that when we read God's word, just like the prayer that Psalm is in Psalm 119, I have stored up your word in my heart so that I will not sin against you. And the more that you soak yourself in God's word, the more your heart is exposed. So we're not just putting off our old life and putting on the life that God has for us, that we will walk in humility, we will walk in weakness, we will walk in righteousness, because that's who we are. Isn't it amazing to live and talk and live life because it's who you are? The most depressing thing is to live the life of someone. Some of us, we've done that. And there are people are still in that, in that demonic possession. No, no, no it's not demonic. For that you pretend that you're someone. Alam niyo artista ako. No, no, don't. You're not. Come on now. Accept, okay? That's some of us. We live because we envy somebody's life. That's when you're alive in Christ. You walk in humility. You're meek. You don't. You don't. Humility. 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 You cannot do that. You can't do it according to your strength. The more you exert. So much effort to walk in humility, to walk in righteousness. The more that you fail, the more that you are frustrated because you don't know that you're alive in Christ. Everything that you do is a byproduct of the life that you have now in Christ. This is why reading the Bible is not a struggle. It's something that you look forward to. Some of you here, you look forward to opportunities in where you can forgive people. Some of you, you look forward for opportunities to be generous to people. Why? Not because it's another score. It's another thing that you can brag about. Because what do alive people do? Do you understand? You don't strive. Nobody tells you to be righteous to do what is proper. How many of you here, every day, nobody, it's innate in you. Part of your system, part of your routine to brush your teeth. Anybody? Okay, prove it. Oh, no. Nobody tells you to brush your teeth. Because you understand the value. It's, it's hygiene. You believe, and it's how you live. When you encounter the gospel of Christ, that you have been resurrected with Him, alive in Him. And He died for you so that you can have your life in Christ. You can help just like what the Word of God says. The Word dwells in you. Therefore, you can help but put in God's Word because this is your staple food. Just like what I mentioned, when you're exposed to God's Word, it calibrates your heart. You don't change the behavior. You're not after the behavior. You're after the heart. Because when you capture the heart, the behavior follows. That's what the Word of God does. When the heart is changed, behavior follows. And when we read God's Word, you know what behavior does? It gives you this indicator that tells you there's something wrong in your dashboard. And our behavior is the only determining factor. If your heart is displaced, if your heart is not right, if you're full of anger, how many of you here, when you know you're guilty and you've offended your wife, 
you've done something that's displeasing to God when you open the Bible. You know that the Word of God will confront your heart. Some of us, when we are living a life of sin, we're not, we're not willing to open the Bible. Why? Because we know that the Word of God will confront our sin. Ladies and gentlemen, that as we put off and put on the life that we have in Christ, we put in God's Word in our hearts. This is why when you put in God's Word, more than just being sorry, that you are sorry for what you did, you're not just sorry, but you are gravitating to living a life that is totally changed for God's glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, it says right here, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. At the end of the day, godly sorrow brings a life of complete transformation. This is why in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, same chapter, it says right here, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can do everything through Christ. Giving thanks to God, the Father through Him, because you are and you've been made alive in Christ. This is why it is possible because 2 Corinthians 12.9 validates. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient. For you, for my power, is made perfect in weakness. Most of you are familiar with this one. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. It is through the power of the resurrected Christ that you can do what is proper, what is right, what is pleasing. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me go back at the end of the day to verse 11. When you operate in that power because of that belief and understanding that you're a product of this new life in Christ, that you're alive in Christ, that you have been resurrected with Him. And when you realize that you're not living your life according to what you think is right, what you think is pleasing, what you think is proper. You always reflect, Lord, it is pleasing to you. Some of you here, you're asking, Pastor, can you give me a seminar how to succeed in life? I want to give you just a simple advice. If all of us wants to be successful, every time you make a decision, ask yourself this question. Does it please God? Does it honor God? Even though you're emotional, Pastor, I have a Christian din naman siya Guapo pa. Does it please God? Because it can be right to you, but from the perspective of God, He is not pleased with what you're about to do. In everything that we do, ask this question. Does it please God? Does it honor God? Is God happy? Because at the end of the day, the reason why we can live the life that God has for us, because your life doesn't revolve around what you think is right, what you think is proper. It revolves around who Christ is. It says right here, here there is not Greek and Jew, slave or Scythian or barbarian, but Christ is all and in all. He's your everything. Remember this, Christ died for all our sins so we may live all for Him. It is because of what Christ did in His resurrection that we have the power to do everything that pleases God. 
Amen. Amen. Can we give him the glory? We're about to end, but I don't want you to miss this video. A story of transformation that God is at work. At work in the life of someone. That he only can change and alter the course of someone's life. I hope that you will take note that there's no other way. But in Christ's power. Nag-shout ako noong 2002 sa isang campus outreach. Pero yung time na yun, may isa kong bagay na hindi ko na-surrender kay Lord. Ito yung same-sex attraction ko. Nilihin ko siya. More than 100 different sexual partners. September 11, 2008, pumunta ko ng Manila Health Department. Nakuha ko yung resulta na may na-HIV positive ako. Siyempre, natakot ako. Kung ano yung sabihin sa akin ng mga tao. Pinunit ko yung resulta sa Guadalupe Bridge, tinapon ko. Sabi ko nga, tatalon ako dito eh. Kasi gusto magpahamatay. Kasi, para saan pa? Eh, sira na rin naman ako eh. In time na yun, I asked my friend na head ng ushering ministry to to pray for me. Hawak-hawak na kami ng kamay. And then we're just kneeling before the Lord and praying and begging Him na yung maging resulta ay maging acceptable sa amin at maging maganda. Sabi din ng counselor, we had to run another test. Pagtingin ko, sabi sa akin doon, it's non-reactive. So hindi ako makapaniwala na naging non-reactive siya. That was the moment na pinrub ng Lord how faithful He is despite of my unfaithfulness. Dito yung sa kwarto na yun, actually, narinig ko si Lord. And I surrendered everything to Him. And na-feel ko yung love. Na instead na yung nararamdaman ko is yung guilt. Na-feel ko yung, yung acceptance. It's really the power of God na para mabago kami at magkaroon ng healing. Na ngayon, iniiyakan ko, nakapaghinda ko na kapag-devotion ng isang araw dahil sobrang busy ng schedule. Meron akong tatlong prayer partners na tatlong tao na nagtatapasahan. And alam ko, simula nung araw na yun, hindi nagtatapos doon yung, yung sitwasyon na yun. May purpose ako noon. And I started to reach out as well to those people who are struggling with the same issue. Binigyan ako ng Panginoon na mata na pwedeng tumingin sa sitwasyon nila na hindi judgmental, na hindi sila humsigahan kung ano pinagdadanan, but with compassion. Yung testimony ko, yung buhay ko, yung paano ko binago ng Panginoon, na ibabahagi ko sa tao at nakikita nila yung Panginoon, hindi yung paghahama dito. And only in Christ that we can say not on God it is. And only in Christ we can be changed. A lot of us here has been coming in and out and if you're really um, finding a place to grow more than just our Sunday gathering, I would want to invite you to our victory groups. And I want to take this moment right to pray for each and every one of you so that we just can dedicate this moment to God and dedicate our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, thank you for this great opportunity that we did listen to your word, that you've said in your word, Lord God, that we're made alive in Christ and we have the power to say no to sin and walk a life of freedom. Lord, thank you for this opportunity that every person in this room, Lord God, are destined to fulfill your purpose and your plans for their lives. But Lord, more than Lord God, 
what you want to do through us. I pray that each and every person in this room will have a deeper understanding that there's no other way than to grow in our understanding that we have died and raised. In fact, are seated with Christ. So Lord, I pray that you you cause us to desire every single day that as we face the challenges of life, we will have and we go through the process of putting off, putting on and allowing the word of God to permeate our hearts. In Jesus' name. You know what? It's my prayer that all of you will grow in your walk with God. I just want to let each and every one of you know that more than just our Sunday gathering, we have small groups, victory groups. In fact, we have victory group leaders in the room. If you're interested, okay, to join one of the victory groups, either you approach me or you approach one of our victory group leaders. But if you're interested and you're willing, God, I want to grow. It's about time that I wage war with sin. I can't, I can't do it all by myself. Hindi ko kayang gawin sa sarili kong kalakasan. How many of you here, if given a chance to to live in victory? And I know you want to live in victory. And you want somebody to just stand by your side and help you grow in your walk with God. You will give it a shot. Anybody here kung willing ka to, to join any victory group? Anybody here? One? Okay, we have one person. Can you, anybody here? If you want to grow in your walk with God, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, we have one person. So if, if you're a victory group leader, we have a guy. Just raise your hand. This is what we're going to do. After the service, you approach me. If, if you're a bit shy, to raise your hand. But there's, there's no other, more than just this venue. We want, to, we want to give you an opportunity to be part of a victory group. Just like that guy who gave his life to God and responded to the invitation of God. I'm, I'm done with his life. I'm handing my life over to you. Good? Can we stand our feet right now? Lord, thank you that we can go out of this room knowing that we're no longer dead to sin but alive in Christ Jesus. The Lord bless you and let His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord grant you peace, security, that you can live the life that He has for you because you are no longer dead to sin, but alive in Christ Jesus. See you next Saturday and God bless all of you.